Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast video edition. Thank you so much for tuning in today and for watching and for listening. I'm very thankful to have you alongside for however many parts we still have remaining in this series titled Inhabitants Who Were Meant to Sojourn, A Call to Come Out. It's becoming quite lengthy. We're about to get into part six. Um, this could be This could be twice as long as I'm going to make it. But what I'm trying to do is just lay a groundwork foundation, uh, a springboard, if you will, for us to move from. For, for who? For who to move from, from what to where? Well, wide way Christian evangelical patriotic America and the huge, huge sect of people that she is. And as we've been talking about in this series thus far... I believe she's very delusional. I believe she's been handed a, a, a belief system that is not godly, that is not anything much more than moral in measure. It's very appeasing um, of desires and cravings of the natural man. It's very appealing to the natural man because this nation is filled with blessing and favor, um, good things, ease. Um, lavish living, it's all here. It's the American way. It's the American dream. Come here and be successful. It's, it's, it's from the very founding of this nation. The, the, the right to come and do and be whatever you desire. It's the beauty of this nation. It's also, it's the blessing and it's the curse. It's, it's the curse because we have mishandled and misappropriated. And I would say, as we've, we've, I believe clearly laid out thus far in this series, we have abused the the kindness and patience of the Father. And we can't rationalize all these things about, like we looked at in, in Genesis chapter 26 with Isaac, because that has been our primary text. And, and I want to continue to, to point us back to this text, because that was the whole, the whole origin of bringing this into a recorded form outside of just conversations I've had with people over the years. Isaac was very blessed and had all these wonderful things in the land of Gerar in the midst of his disobedience, in the midst of his choosing to inhabit versus sojourn as he was commanded to. There was a season of blessing where he was seemingly favored by God. Now, we've talked a lot about how God, Yahweh, Elohim, He is a covenantal perfect, perfect, perfect Elohim. He does what He says He's going to do, and He, he, he honored the, the covenantal promises to Isaac's father Abraham, and that played out in Isaac's life because He keeps His promises. But in His kindness and in His goodness... Yahweh frustrated the ways of Isaac in Gerar and continually, as we have clearly laid out the pattern, that in Yahweh's perfect sovereign ways, he frustrated Isaac's plans. And he would not allow Isaac to remain forever in comfort, in habitation and dwelling in a land he was meant to travel through. And so, as we know, we don't have time to rehash everything. We are going to go through and measure. Um, again, we've been in Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to fly through some high points real quick. We've, we have established 
the the understanding of a dwelling uh, an inhabitant versus a sojourner, and sojourning through a land, biblically speaking, at very very at the very outset, back in part one, and even in the introduction, we talked about making sure we have a clear understanding of what the Word of God is saying when it talks about sojourning versus dwelling, not our own understanding that means nothing, and we looked about that was being a gar um, a sojourner gar. A temporary inhabitant, to be a stranger and an alien. We looked at the Greek even as it makes its way all the way into the New Testament time period of Zenos and Peripodemos. The latter, I said, I believe back in part one was my favorite. One who is sojourning as he is awaiting his native country. And we could just stop right here and talk about the significance of that for the people of God. That if we have found all of our identity in the, the, the temporal, natural, national land that we now inhabit, and we need nothing else, and we're not looking for anything else, we will be found bound. Slavery. We will be slaves to this natural, temporal land. Hands down, done deal. I don't care what anybody tells me. I see it all around me. This patriotic identity, we talked about identity, I believe, in part two or three about how all of humanity is properly, because it's the order of the Father, trying to find identity. We find it in people groups. We find it in our ancestral tradition. We find it in so many people go back to 1776, and we go to our forefathers, and we go to all these honorable men, and we find identity. Patriotic men, patriots, patriots. Right now, if I stopped and looked at Facebook, every other, probably every four people that are in my friends list would say something about the importance of a patriot. He's a patriot. He's a patriot. She's a patriot. Be a patriot. And all I keep saying is, do we know what we're saying? As followers of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus now, not as a good, moral, upstanding, evangelical Christian American. As a, as a sojourner in a land, uh, 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 in a nation that is looking for a a future not yet land of inheritance of a promise. Now we see that, of course, we talked about that, of course, in the account of Isaac in, in Genesis 26, going into the latter stages of it, about how he finds strife and contention, fighting and quarreling, hatred. I believe, as clear as I'm sitting here, and if I could articulate it any better, I would, but just the simple dumbed-down understanding explanation of this simple principle is Yahweh God today, I am convinced, if you want to hear what I believe is a true prophetic word of the hour, instead of all of this advantageous blessing and favor that we've talked about every episode, it's all online this morning, all the, these prophets, they had another dream last night, and I'm telling you, January the 18th, February the 2nd, Valentine's Day, Yahweh, well, God, on Valentine's Day, God is going to bring us a, 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 a Valentine's that shows us how much he loves us. That was the verbiage with Christmas. The Bethlehem star is bringing us the, the promise of God, all these prophetic words, and it's just tickling the ears of everyone. And I'm not going to keep rehashing that, except for this is something that I am saying the contention and strife and fighting and quarreling of this hour as 2021 is just around the corner is from the hand of the Father and it's for our good. Why? 
to drive us out of a land we have errantly in disobedience inhabited. I feel that still. I feel it stronger as every day passes. I started this series, I believe, 13 or 14 days ago. Every day I keep thinking about it and thank the Father I keep having conversations about it with other people, believers and non-believers alike. It just keeps going deeper and deeper. Yes, yes, Lord, this is true. Father, this is true. Shake your people, awaken your people, not to defend themselves and stand up for their rights and be a patriot. Grab more guns. No, no, no. Surrender to the press of the inhabitants of the land, the possessors of the land now, because it's a natural, temporal, pagan, idolatrous nation and land. It is not my land. I am looking for a land, sojourning unto a land, a new Jerusalem, Zion reality that is yet before me. I will not inhabit here as a dweller. I will not. My household, my son, we will not be inhabitants here. We will not. Why? Because if, and this is, this is the thing, right? We're going to have to get into today's um, chunk of the, of the series. But here's the thing. I am not in turmoil. I'm not anxious. I'm not in angst about all these things. I'm not stirred. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. I'm not fearful. What if they take my liberties? What if they take my freedoms? What if they take my guns? What? I'm not afraid. And I'm going to tell you, and this is just crystal clear fact, Many believers that I know in every possible spectrum of denominations and beliefs and movements, friends, they're shaken. Are you shaken? Are you afraid? Everything will be fine as long as we maintain our amendments. As long as the Constitution stays intact, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. No, it's all going to go away. Your freedoms, your liberties, your rights will be taken from you, friend. If not this year, it will be for your children and your grandchildren. Hands down, done deal. I want it to be in my lifetime so I can walk alongside my wife and my son and maybe my grandchildren say we are awaiting a land that is not, cannot, never will be housed in a temporal national kingdom of men. And it's going to mark us. It's going to mark us as ones who are not fighting in contention and strife to put our name or even the name of God or even the name of Yahweh upon a land that is not his, nor does he want. Would you please consider that as possible? As we go through today, it's going to really be necessary for you to, to believe that that's even possible. So are you in turmoil? Are you constantly posting about the latest secret agenda of the bad part of the government and the bad part of America, as if there's some great separate of good America and not really America. We talked about that already as well. We've got to get get outside of our baby nation, okay? This nation is so young. And I believe she's entering into that same season, as I've already said, but in case you're just tuning in now, the same thing, I believe, that happened to Isaac when Abimelech comes to him and says, Look, man, you've been living it up here. Everything's been awesome, but now you've got to go. Now you've got to go, again, to make that crystal clear and move into today. I'm saying, I'm presenting the possibility that that scriptural account that happened to Isaac is happening right now to America. 
to the United States of America right now. Look, blessing, favor, great flocks, great homes, great this, great that, wealth, wealth, wealth. Yes and amen. Yahweh God's good. Who can understand him? We deserve nothing. He's been good. But he's frustrating the ways of the people, the nations. He's, he is frustrating those who have dwelled and inhabited a land that they were not meant to, which is the capital C church. It's time for her to move. It's time for her to move. Just like Gerar, Abimelech has come in the United States of America. The herdsmen of Gerar down in the valley have come to America and they're saying, Hey, church, people of Yahweh Elohim, move along. This is ours. And again, what did Isaac say? Isaac said nothing. He got up and left. He left. He left. I have made this point clear because it needs to be made clear. He did not assemble an army to fight. He did not assemble a bunch of militia men, a bunch of patriotic versions of today back then to overthrow the keepers of the well that had filled in the wells of his father. He moved. He moved. Why? I believe he was on a path, a trajectory of catching on to the command and the words of Yahweh to move. Because we see, and we don't have time to go into it all over again, you've got to watch the other parts if you have not yet. He gets to that last well. It's named Expansion. And he says, basically, in summary, surely the Lord has brought his promises, an expansion of the land. He's found a place for us. And then he leaves again. Why? He understood. I'm a sojourner here. I'm a sojourner. I don't need to put my name down. I don't need to stand for my rights. My father built these wells. They're mine. This is mine. This is mine. Don't you see how great I am? No. He moved. Why? Because he was an obedient son. Stubborn, obstinate, slow. Just like us. But he moved. He ended up moving. And here we are today. Now, we're already 14 and 20 seconds into this. Listen. This is going to be at least an hour today, and this could easily be a standalone message, a standalone video all by itself, and it may be extracted out and put over here to be that. Because listen, today we are primarily going to talk about the, the foundation of this nation. We're going to come at hard and heavy the wholesome, beautiful, godly, biblical founding of this nation. We knocked on the door a little bit with that in the last episode, wrapping up episode number five, um, part five of this series, when we talked about cornerstones. Now, many people would say, if the cornerstone is not Yeshua Messiah or Jesus, it's off. The whole building is off. Absolutely hands down true. Now, we see that through many people's vantage points of traditions that we that many have deemed bad and wrong and pagan at the outset like Christmas you may celebrate Christmas millions of people do millions of people have who have nothing to do with God or Christ Jesus which is what I've always said for years now but we're not tackling Christmas today this is much much bigger and much more dear to the hearts of Christian patriotic Americans um, who have let many I know personally would go to no no spare no time and effort to expose the pagan idolatrous origins of Christmas, except at at the same time though at the exact same time be as patriotic and nationalistic minded as anyone on the planet synonymously. 
That's where we're going today. We're going to expose the, the idolatrous foundings, foundations of this nation. We have to talk about it. Who is talking about these things? I'm waiting for crickets to start chirping yet again on the program. Okay, so to, to go back a little bit again, this is kind of, we're not going to talk much anymore today about Genesis 26. This is about taking everything we've been saying to lay the groundwork and the foundation of don't be a dweller. Don't be a sojourner in a, in a land that's not for you. Move, move, move. We're not talking geographic now. We're talking in here. Be a mover in your heart and stop trying to be limited to temporal, national, and natural kingdoms of men. Move. So we talked about the importance of cornerstones in the last part. We talked about how in 1793, George Washington and a bunch of um, Master Mason leaders all gathered. They set the cornerstone for what? The District of Columbia. We talked a little bit about Columbia. We're going to find the goddess Columbia again today. Well, it's Columbus. No, it's Columbus. He sailed the... No, <laughs> there's so many more layers to this if you want to get outside of the feel-good, you know, fairy tale history lessons we've been told since we were in school. But we talked about how President Washington, Mr. Mason himself, went and he put on all of his Masonic regalia and he held the the little trowel and, and all these little different objects and they poured wine and oil and they, they re... re recounted and chanted Masonic um, rituals over the stone and they dedicated the stone. We talked about that and like, if, if we believe what we say we do now and that there's one cornerstone, right here at the very beginning, we got a big problem. We have a big problem right out of the gate with this, with this almost deified founder of this nation in his Masonic regalia, you can see paintings all over the internet. You can go to museums, you can go to libraries, these are widely known. And you can find depictions of these events taking place. And you look at that and you go, wow, that's kind of freaky, right? If you're willing to admit that. And I liked how at the very end, where was that? At the very end, uh, they even sacrificed this bull. Uh, or, or ox, excuse me. They sacrificed an ox. I, I, had, I didn't even take time to look into all that craziness um, because I would have got even more sidetracked than I have because this is, this is as deep as the ocean if we're willing to actually look. Um, and so today we're going to talk about the idolatry and, and the idolatrous pagan influences of this nation from the very beginning because we cannot just stick our heads in the sand and say, godly nation, godly nation, godly nation, godly nation, as true followers of Yahweh Elohim, and, and not with, with completely open hands and like open hearts to say, you know what, I'm going back and I'm looking through a less, uh, I'm not looking at through, through rainbow-colored glasses anymore. I'm going to look and I'm going to be willing to, to read some things and the ugly truth of a lot of things that I think a lot of Christians just have not heard before that I've shared with people are like, I've never heard that in my life. Well, we got to look. We've got to be willing to look. So we're going to do that today. Now, many people I know, as we've already talked about, understand the value of knowing pagan origins and what hidden idolatry and mixing leads to. It's all throughout the Word of God. Man, I was even reading, well, I don't have time for that. 
scripture after scripture after scripture of a people, whether it's in Babylon or or whether it's just the Israelites and all the 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 idolatry of Egypt and like we we humanity and we God's people. Oh, we're very prone to idolatry. We just we just absorb it in. If we're in it, aside from from being like truly called out, holy, set apart, consecrated people, we're all going to fall prey to it. All of us have in some measure, and aren't currently now. We just have to currently we have to ongoing be open to the Father to open our eyes for the Holy Spirit to teach us and to reveal areas in our life yet still remaining that have got to go. Idolatry. Why are we so surprised that there's idolatry in our lives? Not a real shocker. Okay, so I've already talked about some of this, but we're going to have to lay a little bit more foundation today. Christmas, Easter, Halloween, you know, many Hebrew roots people that I've become connected with this calendar year, you, we're just dogging the Christmas star stuff and, you know, the the pagan origins of of. Christmas trees and all this stuff. Well, I agree with all that. I agree with it all. I've talked about it for seven, eight years now. Yes. But (laughs) I get that. I understand that. But there seems to be a disconnect with the evangelical patriotic origins and the foundations of this nation. Well, nobody wants to talk about those pagan idolatrous foundations. Well, we're going to talk about it today. Praise the Father if you're willing to listen. Many in measure have done this, have unearthed these idolatrous things, been willing to just throw them overboard. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out of here. We don't want them if they're pagan. We don't want them if it's sourced in idolatry, in Roman culture, in like gods and goddesses. We don't want it. We want one true Yahweh Elohim, the God of all gods, period. Yes and amen. But we can't just stop until we cover every little facet of our life, including the United States of America. Excuse me. America's heritage, founding, design, ideals. What will we do when we talk about the pagan traditions therein? What will we do? Will we say, no, 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 no. Not, not, Not America. Don't you know about Columbus? Don't you know George Washington was visited by the Holy Spirit and had a vision and a dream? Don't you? We got to be willing to let those things go, friends. Are you willing to listen and consider what I'm going to share? It's going to be tough. Um, is there a limit to our desire to know truth? I mean, really, is there a limit? I've heard messages, sermons showing images on a screen. Like, if there's a pen with a green logo in your house and then showing the history and the pagan origins of it, it's got to go, or you're influenced by idolatry. Well, I love that stuff because that's how idolatry works. It sneaks in real subtle-like and it's on your wall and it's in your bedroom and it's it's lurking in our lives and we're just ignorant. We don't know. And man, there's a lot of, there's so much to that that is true, yes, and amen, but it can't only be true to certain things and certain categories and otherwise, well, no, not that. that that's good. That's wholesome. That's godly. No. It's everywhere. It permeates every single thing, including the nations of men. Okay, so we're going to get real specific, real quick. Symbolism all over the United States of America, especially in where? The District of Columbia. Columbia, I'm telling you, take, take an afternoon and search and study the goddess Columbia. Liberty. 
Freedom. It's what she was all about. Look into her. It's very interesting. Masonic influence is literally visible on every square inch of space in Washington, D.C. I don't know if you've been there or not. You can go right now, walk around, look at all the buildings, go to videos. You can find DVDs, if you remember what those things are, full of people documenting, even from a Masonic history, a historical vantage point, the history of Washington, D.C. That's all at every corner, over every doorway, upon every step, upon every obelisk, upon every museum, everywhere you look, everywhere, there's idolatry in the District of Columbia. Masonic foundation stones, we've already talked about that. Reflective water pools, I remember that years ago, 10, 12 years ago, as above, as above, so below. The whole, you know, it's a, it's a Masonic understanding of bringing the power of the heavens down to the earth. The reflective pools are all over the District of Columbia. Obelisks, endless carvings, statues, foreign gods, entities, and zodiac symbols are everywhere. And again, this is the house, if you will, the seat of the government of this nation. This is where everything takes place. Not, not bad government, not just democratic government, the house, the home of this land is right positioned where it is, which we, only have, we won't even have time to touch that of why it even is there geographically speaking on the earth. Look into that. I mean, the, where, where D.C. even lays, it's not by happenstance. It takes mere minutes, I mean minutes, to Google images, paintings now, murals that are all over the place of George Washington sitting in exact same form, um, clothing, like one, he doesn't have a shirt on, he has a sash, he's holding his hand, he's holding exactly like ancient depictions of Zeus. I mean, right next, Baphomet, you know who that is, same thing. Look it up. Paintings that are 200 years old. George Washington, Baphomet, Zeus, same same posture, no shirt, same hand symbols, same gestures. Why is that? Why would they do that? Makes no sense, right? Unless we're pagan and idolatrous. Capstones, many were installed and, and have things you can look up about things that were said at when they were set in place to mimic what? Egyptian pyramids. Oh, now you're getting crazy. <laughs> this is nothing. This is nothing. This is just easy, topical. This is up here. The Capitol Building Rotunda Mural. Okay, the Capitol, Capital C. Now, if you look it up, in the Rotunda Building, in the Rotunda Mural of the building, Columbia. Here she is, the Goddess Columbia. She's the personification of war, representing freedom. Libertas. She's the Roman goddess of victory. Neptune, the Roman god or sea god representing domination of the sea. Venus is up there too on the mural in the Capitol building. She's the Roman goddess of love that was born from the sea. Mercury, the Roman god of commerce. Vulcan, the Roman god of fire. Ceres, the Roman goddess of agriculture. Why are they on the painting of the, of the Capitol building of the United States of America? Seems kind of odd, don't you think? I thought we're founded on 
the Ten Commandments. No mixing here. We're Yahweh's people. No, not at all. In the center of this mural, okay, so all these gods and goddesses are in this circle. You can look it up right now. It takes 10 seconds. And here's George Washington. He is he in the painting now, in one of the most prominent buildings in the entire land. He's becoming deified. He's becoming deity. He's dead center. Look at how he's, how he's seated, how he's positioned, how he's even depicted as sitting among the gods and goddesses. He's draped in purple. He's sitting in the clouds. A rainbow arch is at his feet. The circle contains 72 pentagrams that surround George Washington and all the other gods. It goes all the way around the perimeter in a big giant circle. To his left is the goddess of fame and to the right, the goddess of liberty. Why? 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 How in the world, and we're gonna, I'm going to reiterate this, ten, this question ten times, how can a Bible-believing person who's following Yahweh and His commands, and, and, and if you are already, and if you're not, maybe you're moving into that, already awakened to the importance of idolatry and mixing gods, goddesses, pagan deities, how can this be okay for us? How can this be okay? How can this be acceptable to know and continue to promote this nation? And stand up and say, no, we'll go to our death, we'll go to our deathbed for this nation. Liberties, freedoms, constitutional rights. What about this? What about this? And this is, again, we're just getting started. What do you know about the Arch of Baal? It's also known as the, the Arch of Triumph, the, the Monumental Arch. This was originally in 2nd or 3rd century Rome. It was a real stone archway. It was what led worshipers into the Temple of Baal. You walked through under this archway, carved in stone, of course, massive, to enter Baal worship. It's now been reconstructed in the United States of America on this land three times. Reconstructed. The last time was only two years ago. Just two years ago, in front of the U.S. Capitol building, they reconstructed this on U.S. soil. You can find pictures right now looking through the Arch of Baal that led into Baal worship, and right behind it is the Capitol building. Bullseye, dead center. Why? Why would anyone do that? Why would anyone allow that? This is a, in God we trust. In God we look on my dollar bill, look on my coins. And God, no, sir, no, sir. We've been duped, deceived. And what are we fighting to preserve? I'm going to keep inserting that. Pagan, <laughs> pagan idolatrous origins and foundings that continue to perpetuate the same as they started, which is why this is not alarming to me. It's just, it's the fruit on the tree that I keep referencing on the program. It's the fruit on the tree. Why is this nation so pagan? Why isn't there prayer in schools? Are you kidding me? Go back to when they laid that foundation cornerstone. That's why. It's pagan. It's idolatrous at the root, at the source. And yet we're fighting. Man, So I'm not. So many evangelical Christian patriotic Americans saying, if you don't fight for this country, you're not a believer. You're not a follower of Yahweh if you don't stand up and say no more. Again, why did Isaac move? Why didn't he do that? 
He moved on. He learned. And if we don't do like he did, we're going to be stuck fighting, contention, strife, anger, quarreling for the rest of our days and we're not going to get it. Or we're going to be favored and all this stuff and yet we're going to be disobedient and the Father will turn his face from us. Simple options for us. All right, so all right, so a couple more things. The eagle is all over, of course. Now do some boy, you got to really you got to be willing to go into this one, man. The great spirit, a lot of Native American influence of the great spirit within the eagle. The, those things really concern me when you start digging out those things and traditions and why do we do these things? What was the original influence and how did this stuff get here? Because you see a, a bald eagle flying in front of a Bible, an American flag, and a bunch of guns, and people will start shedding tears. Whoa, what is that? Well, one thing that you hear all the time, everywhere you go, the American spirit. You ever heard that before? Oh. Oh, sorry. The American spirit. That right there should cause some concern and questions for a follower of Yahweh. Columbia, again, why the District of Columbia? She's all throughout American history, man. She's all throughout America's young history. The goddess of Columbia and all of her drive to, to free people and to bring liberty and blessing to humanity. It's creepy. Columbia is. <laughs> Freedom of religion clearly encompassed all religions, obviously not just Christianity. We've talked about that before, how Jefferson, he owned a Koran, um, he even stated in the state of Virginia during a convention that there must be, quote, recognition of the religious rights of the Mohammedan Jews and pagans. What a, what a, what a crock pot of, of diversity there. Isn't that nice of him? You can be Christian. Maybe it'd be better if you are, but you know what? It's fine if you're, it's fine if you're Mohammedan Jew or pagan even, whatever. We're all welcome here. It's the beauty of America. In 1788, a convention in North Carolina. You can look this stuff up for yourself. I'm not making these things up, friends. Quote, No religious test shall ever be required as a, as a qualification to any U.S. office. Oh, I thought we had to promote a good, godly, Christian, moral leader because that's what our forefathers said had to happen, right? Isn't that what they said, Jim? No, no, no. They didn't care. Very clear. Deists. Now this is going to lead us... Now this is going to go down a few levels. This is going to take us into some deeper things. It's going to take me at least another 30 minutes to get through this. So please bear with me. And I just want to encourage you again. Are you? Are, how willing are you? Just check in your heart. How are you feeling? How are your emotions? How is your heart? Are you wanting to fight this? Are you wanting to stand up and... Are you already Googling responses and say no... We're godly. No, no, we're godly. Patriotism's good. If that is where you are, anywhere in you, that's a caution right there. That's a concern. If you want to rise up and say, no, no, America's not bad. It's impossible. Word of caution, I would say, towards that. That might be where you need to allow the father to place his thumb and say, it's time to be a sojourner, friend. I'm sending the inhabitants of the land who possess it, who, who dwell there. You know what? They're natural carnal people in a natural carnal kingdom. Move along. Sojourn in here. Again, in here. Keep moving, Isaac. Keep moving, church. Keep moving. I'm going to lead you to a land 
that makes these things look like garbage. Don't fall prey to the pagan idolatrous ways of the nations. The Goyim nations, man, don't inhabit their land. Be a sojourner. So we're going down here. Are you ready? I wish I had something to drink because I'm going to lose my voice. Okay, so I was praying to the Father in the midst of this series already starting. God, what do I do? What would be the greatest depiction I can give to point clearly the depravity and the pagan idolatrous origins of this nation? And, and the undergirding spiritual darkness that is that is rising up right now that I believe has always been but is heightened now because this is the age of the Father to call his children out to begin to move towards a land that is yet before us. Where he placed his name, y'all. I don't want to be here because he didn't place his name here. I want to sojourn to a place, place, the path to Zion, rediscover the ancient way. Why? I know there's a land where his name has been placed. And everything else, I'm going to be something here. I'm going to be someone here. I'm going to be one who establishes the governmental order of the Father in, in authority and in my place. But not according to all of this. Not according to all the idolatrous ways of the nations. No. It's something that supersedes that. And if you're operating down here within them, you're in slavery. You're not free. So I was praying and asking the Father for something that would drive home this, this point, if you will. Clearly. I mean, like, what's a home run, God? I need something, if you would be kind, to help me. Something to be like clear as a bell. Now, I already knew that Muhammad was on the wall in a carving in the U.S. Supreme Court. I've known that for years and years. And I've always, I've used that as a context to share much of these things. And like, okay, well, if you don't like Islam and it has no place here and they need to get out and you have to be aware that their God is on the wall of the U.S. Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., so like, and these phrases like Jefferson saying, come on, Mohammedan, come on, pagan, <laughs> and Jews. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Those are all thrown in together. I find that intriguing, but we won't go there. So there is something called a freeze, an F-R-I-E-Z-E, that is on the wall of the U.S. Supreme Court inside the chambers of the court. You may know about this, you may not. It's several panels we're going to touch on this because I felt like the Father highlighted this early one morning to me as I was praying for days about what to bring to really drive home this point. And this is where I was led. I would submit as being like, if you don't, if you don't want to even consider this, then friends, there's, there's no hope presently for you to come out from among them and be separate in regards to patriotism and evangelical America. If this doesn't just explode off of the pages... It's not for us today. We're not ready to receive the call to come out. We're going to have to really reckon with that. So there's something, these freezes, these panels carved in stone on the walls of the U.S. Supreme Court called the 18 greatest lawgivers of history. The 18 greatest lawgivers of history. It's on the inner walls of the U.S. Supreme Court. This piece was understood to, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, this is why this thing was created and installed here at the house of government, the greatest law of the land. Okay, again, the imagery, the, the geographical placement of what it is and why in the world is it there and where is it? It's on the inner walls 
of the greatest building in this land in regards to its function, its laws, what it does and why. It was, it was placed there, quote, to remind viewers that American laws are not based on one specific legal or religious text. Quote, now, this isn't my opinion or, or a mere Wikipedia summary. This, this, the, the ones who implemented this freeze, this, this, these pieces of, of carvings, placed it there to remind viewers that American laws are not based on one specific legal or religious text. Instead, they are built on millennia of legal history and traditions from around the world. Okay? So Christian, patriotic, evangelical America, all of you who are saying never ever will you take our rights. You will never take our rights and liberties. You are standing up and putting your feet down on a nation that we are told was built on millennia of legal history and traditions from around the world, never based on one specific legal or religious text. That is America. That is the United States of America. It is not what you make it. So many people, again, well... I don't do Christmas like that because I'm not pagan. I, I make it about baby Jesus. Thousands, millions of people say, I don't care. The origin is pagan. The Christmas tree is pagan. It doesn't matter what you color it or what you flavor it. It's pagan and idolatrous. Now, these same people, which may be you, friend, has got to say, how do I pretty this up and make this godly? How do I make this about Yahweh Elohim? You can't. You can't. It's impossible. We're going to go into places. You're probably going to want to plug your ears and go, no, no, no. No, I don't want to know that. <laughs> Which again, I said this, I believe in part five. If you don't want to be responsible for information, stop now. And I mean that very serious and sober. If you don't want to be responsible to Yahweh for information that you have to then scale back and go, oh man, if you're not willing to do that, friend, please don't listen any further. Because you're going to know these things and then you're going to be held responsible by Yahweh Elohim to say, he's going to look into our hearts and he's going to say, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the pagan idolatrous ways of the nation that you've been promoting for your entire life? Your loyalties, your allegiances, what are you going to do now? So friends, unless you're sure, don't go any further, okay? We're going to move on. So who's on this wall? of the 18 greatest lawgivers of history. Now, for time's sake, I, I won't have time for every one of them, but what I did was I prayerfully sat down and I felt the leading of the Father, I'm telling you, to look into the 18. God, there's, there's surely, surely reasons and purposes about the 18. Why? What is it about these 18 greatest lawgivers? Show me, Father, please. Show me. I want to know. And so we're going to read through these. I'll tell you what, we're already at 44 minutes or so. I'm going to stop this. We're going to make this part five or six. Man, I don't even know where we are, but friends, tune right back in. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop this, save it, and we're going to go right into the next part where we're going to look into the 18 greatest lawgivers of U.S. history that is proclaimed to tell us the founding, the source, and the purpose of this nation, the United States of America. Friends, we need to know. We need to know. We need to know. We are going to be held responsible for being inhabitants 
in a land that we were called to sojourn through. It's time to come out, friends. It's time to come out. Would you please come out? Would you please come out? We're going to get to that part right away in the next one. It's going to, man, it's, if it does, if you are a true follower of Yahweh Elohim, I don't mean just like a casual Christian church attender. It's like, man, whatever. I, who cares about all that stuff? But I mean, if you're really one who is trying to root out all the idolatrous pagan ways in your life, known or unknown, I don't see how any person that falls into the latter category of being a true follower of Yeshua can find out these things and be okay with promoting this nation one more second. I I could never do it. I didn't do it before this, but after reading this, like, God, do I how far how far do I come out? How much more do I need to come out of here? To be clear that I am a sojourner here and not an inhabitant to the best that I can make logical sense in doing that today. So friends, please tune right back in. Thank you for watching. And if you're online at pathdesign.com, thank you for listening. This is tough stuff. This isn't easy if this is your identity. This is easy for me because I don't put any of my identity in this nation. But man, I, I try to put my mind and my heart into those who are really steeped in patriotism. This would be hard. So I understand that. But we've got to know. We've got to be willing to position and posture ourselves, to ask questions, to look, to take all this information. I've got 22 pages now just on this. It could be easily 222 in another couple days. What do we do? How willing are we to uproot all these things? That's the question before us because it's time to come out. It's time to come out. Yahweh in his perfect sovereign hand is frustrating the ways of the American people, the Christian Americans now, because he's good. He's not going to leave us here to just cruise anymore. He's got to shake us awake for a purpose. Why? To get our focus back on the land that's before us, where he's placed his name. So would you do that today, friend? Would you consider that? Visit us online at pathdesign.com. Send us an email, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. And... uh Subscribe, all that stuff. Share these videos if you think this might help enlighten anyone else that maybe we could share alongside this journey with other people and say, man, can we look at this stuff together? This is hard. Do that with someone. Let's be a body. Let's be a body of people who function and sharpen one another. Why? So that we come out on the other side, man, more ready for what's ahead of us. So thank you for watching. This is Path to Zion Podcast. Amen.